0: Hey, 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 welcome to Cavalry Student Connection. I'm your host, Casey Kelly, and I'm here today with my dear friend, Madison Banks.
1: Hey, guys, welcome back.
0: Thanks for joining us again. This episode, we will be talking about Exodus 3.14 and how God told Moses, I am. All right, to kick things off. I want to ask you a funny question, Madison. All right. <laughs> so I love
1: funny questions.
0: What was the worst style choice you have ever made?
1: Like clothing?
0: Can be clothing, <laughs> hair, <laughs> shoes, oh, <no. laughs> anything related to style.
1: Yeah, I have. I can check all those boxes because I can specifically remember. What grade was this? This had to have been like elementary school. Have you heard of gauchos?
0: Yes, for sure.
1: <laughs> Gauchos and like these ponchos, these knitted ponchos uh-huh. with like fringe. Yes. And like you had to have a purse that matched. And it was from Limited 2, which is also known as Justice Now. And so, okay. and then the bangs that went like that. AKA just, across.
0: just ice. <laughs> just ice. No water is the wa- Yeah,
1: we wanted it to be icy, but it just wasn't. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was the trends. And I feel like I was in style, but when I look back at it, it's quite cringy. Yes. And like the kids nowadays that are in elementary, they're like, No, you didn't. And we're like, yes, we did. So. Uh,
0: we definitely did. <laughs> yeah. So. What about
1: you? Did you dress any anyway? Um,
0: I did dress some way, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um the only thing that comes to mind is when I was a very small young lad. Um,
1: are you Irish now?
0: No, <laughs> no, 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 Scottish. Um, <laughs> I wore a purple sequined shirt, and that was my favorite shirt at that moment.
1: <laughs> Wait, what age are we talking here?
0: A very small young lad.
1: Like, elementary I, yet?
0: I don't know exactly the age. Uh, probably like five,
1: okay. probably around
0: there. Yeah, yeah. Very young.
1: Who bought it for you? Do you remember?
0: I don't remember. <laughs> no, but we have one color photo of that shirt, and I think I'm next to a campfire or something, <laughs> wearing a purple sequin shirt,
1: and you're glistening.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> twinkling by the fire. I love that. But that is definitely a bad style choice, of yeah. course. I don't know if I had the the best sense of style as a five-year-old. <laughs> Obviously not, but that's fine. Well, if you wear shirt. a purple sequin shirt, like, I'm not judging you because that was my deal back then.
1: <laughs> He's like, we're in the same boat here.
0: Yeah, but I do want to make it clear that I do not currently wear any sequins. Yeah. <laughs> not that it's bad if you do. I, I don't, <laughs> So the last Sunday that we met, we talked about Moses' early life, and we started a case study on Moses. And in that, we went through Exodus chapter 2, and that took us from Moses' birth Mm -hmm. up right to chapter 3, where he has the burning bush experience. So today we're going to go into the middle of 3 and look at really just one verse— verse 14 and it says and God said to Moses I am who I am and he said thus you shall say to the children of Israel I am has sent me to you
1: I am who I am that's so small but there's so much meaning behind it and I'm excited for us to talk about it today yes
0: yes there is and so this is in the context of Moses asking God how he would authenticate this message To the Israelites that he was trying to get across. And Moses has just been asked to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And that seems like a big task.
1: Yeah, literally reading this, uh, I was thinking Moses was like, what? (laughs) You want me to do what?
0: Yeah, I bet he (laughs) was. So it kind
1: of puts you in that mindset of what he's feeling and why he's asking that question.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he was very taken aback by that. And... Actually, we'll get into it the next time we meet on Sunday. But he was taken aback by that. And he didn't know why God had chosen him. Because he was an ordinary person. Mm -hmm. Actually, a shepherd at the time. And so we, we go into this phrase, I am. And like you said, it is very simple. But it carries a lot of meaning. And it's like... God is saying, I am whatever I need to be in relationship to my people. Mm -hmm. So here he was talking to Moses, who was going to relay relay this message to the Israelites. But he is whatever we need him to be as well. And we have many different seasons in our lives. And it's all those ups and downs in our walk with Christ. And he is there in every season. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a verse in a song, and I can't remember what the song is called, but it says something like, uh, what's true in the light is true in the dark. And so when we're in the light, when we're on those high places in our lives, um, the fact that God is who he is remains the same there as it does in the dark places when we're down and not feeling great.
1: Yeah, and I love that because it's just talking, when he says that, it also is saying, I am forever, like I am then, back then, now, and then forever, like Mm -hmm. all-encompassing and so powerful too, and he's our fulfiller when we need him, he's our redeemer when we need him, he's our comforter when we need him, so he's all those things, and he always meets our needs.
0: Yeah, so in preparing for this conversation with you, I... (coughs) found a few specific names of God that I wanted to touch on a little bit and the first is Jehovah Shalom and this just means the Lord is peace and Jehovah Shalom is used in Judges 6:24 and this is when Gideon was instructed by the Lord to overthrow the Midianites who were oppressing Israel and Obviously that would have been a daunting task for Gideon Mm -hmm. um, as he was just one man and he would have been going up against the whole Midianite army. Uh, But God does actually provide for him in selecting 300 troops and they go out and fight with Gideon. But Gideon was paralyzed by fear in the moment that he was instructed to do this. And it ends up that he went and brought a sacrifice back for the Lord. He sacrificed that, and then he was supernaturally comforted. And it says in <clears throat> Judges 6, The Lord said to him, Peace to you, do not fear, you shall not die. Then verse 24, Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and named it the Lord is Peace. That's the Jehovah Shalom.
1: That's so good. <clears throat> I also like hearing just about like the the Bible stories and the people just when they talk about like fear, mm-hmm. they're just human beings and they have the same yeah. fears that we have too. Mm-hmm. And so it's so good to be able to relate to these characters in the Bible and who God um, gives them a mission and like they're just normal people yeah. and it, it helps us to be like, okay,
0: <laughs> yeah. I have
1: those natural feelings too.
0: And in fact, it's usually uh, those that are picked from the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. It's not just ordinary, but subordinary people. Yeah. We know that Moses had trouble speaking to crowds, and that's why he wanted Aaron to come along and be his spokesperson, basically. And God allowed him to have Aaron, but... I just can't imagine uh, what Moses would have accomplished just trusting Mm -hmm. and not asking for Aaron to come alongside him because I do think that God has a perfect will for our life and a permissive will. So when we get outside that perfect will, there are some things that he still allows us to do and still blesses that. But, Outside of his perfect will is his permissive will. And the full blessings that he has for us can only be found in his perfect will. That's why we try so hard to stay within that. Right. But sometimes we don't, and we venture out into his permissive will, and by his grace, he does bless that. The next name that I want to talk about a little bit is Jehovah Ra'ah. -ah. Ra'ah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not stuttering. It's just actually -ah. (laughs) ra'ah. And it means the Lord, my shepherd. And the first verse that probably comes to mind when you hear that is Psalm 23, that whole chapter. It's talking about the Lord as a shepherd. And uh, I'll let you read that on your own. It is a little bit lengthy, but it's very good. And it portrays the Lord as as a shepherd who is taking care of his sheep. But the Lord is also described as a shepherd in Ezekiel 34:11. This says, For thus says the Lord God, Indeed I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. And this reminds me of working at the ranch. Ranch time. (laughs) Yeah, it is ranch time, just for a second. Uh, So every morning we would get there, we would feed everything in the lots, and then we would go out and check the calving pastures. So we had two calving pastures there, and uh, one was a coastal field that was pretty big but didn't have a whole lot of trees in it. And then another one was right next to the highway, so we called it the highway pasture, highway <laughs> Cabin, And it had a creek running through it. They would hide in there sometimes, kind of Aww. difficult to find. <laughs> yeah, That's cute. Yeah. Wait, so, were
1: they little? They were calves? Or uh, they were?
0: So a uh, cabin pasture is just for the mamas to go. Um, we take them there before they calve so that when they calve, we can keep an eye on them. And it's up close to the barn, so we don't have far to go to check on them. Yeah. And that's just to make sure that all of the calves come out right and they're not struggling in any way. Interesting. So, in the same way, the Lord is like a shepherd checking on his sheep. Yeah. And so there was one day specifically that very much sticks out in my mind. We had a cow missing from the calving pasture.
1: From the
0: coastal. (laughs) So, we went looking in all the trees in that pasture, and we just couldn't find her. We literally looked for this cow for half a day, so from oh start gosh. time till, till lunchtime, and we finally found a downed spot in the fence, and the neighbors across that fence were clearing a bunch of cedars from that pasture, and they had gotten just the the perimeter done so it was like dense brush in the middle oh yeah and we saw that down fence and we figured she was definitely in that dense brush so <laughs> we strapped up our boots and we went in <laughs> and we walked around in that thick stuff for mm-hmm. a couple of hours oh
1: my goodness
0: just looking for that one cow that was out And we weren't sure if she had a calf or not. So she really needed to be found, returned to the pasture. Mm -hmm. Um, So we literally stopped everything we were doing that day, and we looked for that one that was missing.
1: Oh, right, yeah. So
0: that's exactly what a shepherd does when his sheep are scattered. Mm -hmm. And it says in Ezekiel that um, God seeks out his flock, on the day that he is among his scattered sheep. So he does the exact same thing. When one of us Christians falls away, right. he relentlessly seeks after us to bring him back. And I think he wants nothing more than than that person to come back. And yeah. it's very sad to see someone drift away, but um, and it, it
1: is... it's beautiful to see that he's... Continuously pursuing us, yeah, too, though. I mean, it's like, comforting to yeah. see that
0: he he doesn't stop caring, yeah. Just because we do, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that brings us to the third name, which is Jehovah Mekadishkim.
1: Mekadishkim,
0: and I think I said that. <laughs> Those are fun to say adequately. <laughs> Very <laughs> yeah. much adequately. Yeah. Very much adequately. <laughs> yeah. And Jehovah Mekadishkim. Just means the Lord who sanctifies uh, it's it's mentioned in leviticus twenty eight and you shall keep my statutes and perform them. I'm the Lord who sanctifies you, and that's it right there. the Lord who sanctifies you. God has set the Israelites apart right and especially in the Old Testament the Israelites were to be a light to the rest of the nations of the world and they were to portray the way that a God-ruled nation should behave and conduct themselves. So, literally, the Lord was sanctifying Israel. He was setting them apart for a holy purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the word kadash in Hebrew is where mechadishkim is derived from, and kadash just means to sanctify or set apart for the holy. And we see that that's exactly what Jehovah was doing with the Israelites. Yeah. Uh, So a very fitting name, especially back in Leviticus, when the Israelites were literally sanctified.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what's happening whenever God comes and speaks to Moses. He's Mm -hmm. like, hey...
0: Yeah, he's <laughs> setting them apart mm-hmm. for a, a special purpose. Yep. Exactly. For
1: his holiness.
0: Yeah. Yep. I am the God who sanctifies. Yep. So we are going to look at two case studies real quick. And these are two men who were delivered by God in specific circumstances uh in their time of need. And their experiences were different. And God manifested himself differently in each of their circumstances. So the first is Abraham when he was called to the mountain with Isaac. And this story can be found in Genesis 22. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But basically, God promised Abraham and Sarah a son, and they finally had that son, Isaac. And it was after a whole ordeal that they went through. Mm -hmm. And it was really because of Sarah and Abraham's unbelief that they went through that ordeal. Yeah. But God always delivers on his side of the deal. And he did in this case as well. And he blessed Abraham and Sarah with Isaac, but then asked Abraham to go up on the mountain and sacrifice Isaac. His only son, and this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible, if not my all-time favorite. Yeah, and it is so good on multiple different levels. So on the base level, it's a it's an amazing story of faith. Yeah, right?
1: that part has always baffled me. Like, yeah, oh my goodness. <laughs>
0: yes, and then when you start pulling it apart and looking at all of the typologies of jesus in the story it takes it to a whole nother level, <laughs> a whole nother level. <laughs> it just gets me every time <laughs> and just one quick one i because i just want to share this but isaac would have been a young adult at the time when abraham took him up the mountain so a lot of times you would picture Isaac as a little kid, kid yeah. that Abraham was just carrying up the mountain well that wasn't the case Isaac was basically a grown man and Abraham would have been fairly old at this mm-hmm. point so uh, when they got to the top and Isaac asked hey dad like I see the wood where's the sacrifice Yeah, and Abraham says well son God will provide himself a lamb and that right there, God will provide himself a lamb, is true and it is prophetic, speaking to Jesus Christ, yeah. which is the Lamb of God. And it's also crazy that this all went down on the same mountain range in near Mount Moriah and Golgotha, where Christ was crucified many, many years later. So Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son Isaac in the same way that God the Father was willing to sacrifice his son Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So so that's just one. And there are several others, but we will continue on with our (laughs) our case study. So uh, Jehovah Jireh means the God who provides. So when Abraham was up there on that mountain and he was about to sacrifice his son, the angel of the Lord called out and said, Stop. You don't need to do that. And so Abraham lifted his eyes, and he saw a ram caught by the horns in the, the bushes. And it says that Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. And in Genesis twenty-two fourteen, it says, Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it will be provided. Beautiful story.
1: Yeah, so beautiful.
0: Beautiful typologies. I love it. So Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provided for Abraham a sacrifice on the mountain. And then Jehovah Rapha, this is relating to Moses. So Moses has just brought the Israelites out of Egypt at this point in Exodus 15, and they have come to a stream which is called Mara, and that just means bitter. So we know that that stream would have been unfit for drinking, uh, since they called it bitter. I wouldn't want to drink from that yeah, stream either. Yeah, kind of gross. Yeah.
1: No thanks. <laughs> but
0: Jehovah Rapha means the God who heals, and when they came to the waters at Mara, God instructed Moses to throw this certain tree that was shown to him into the water. And when Moses did that, the water became sweet, potable, basically. It became good for drinking. Mm -hmm. And so in this moment, God made for the Israelites a statute. And he says, If you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments... And keep all of his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians, for I, the Lord, am your healer. And this is in the context of them coming out of Egypt where God performed these plagues and set those upon the Egyptians to show his power. And God is promising that he will not do that to the Israelites. And he is revealing himself to them as the healer, the God who heals. So that is what they needed. I think that the Israelites in this moment needed that comfort that they would not be dealt with as the Egyptians Egyptians, were. yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, And it's cool to see that back then, he was the healer. Now he's the healer and later mm. he's going to be the healer too. Yeah. Even if it's not in the the way that it was back then with all the plagues and things like that. Well, we have the virus now, <laughs> yeah. but you know what I mean? Like he's, he's yeah. a consistent healer when we need and, him to be.
0: And that virus is completely subject to his will. Yeah. And that's what I love. The immutability of God and nothing happens that doesn't first pass through God. Yeah. So I find great comfort in that. I don't yeah, I don't so know much, about you. Yeah,
1: so much peace. Like yeah. it's going to be whatever he wants. Oh, Jehovah Shalom? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And it does stand out to me that in each of these cases the person who encountered God encountered him in a different way. So God revealed himself to each one of these men. A little bit differently, and that's interesting to see because, in light of what we've been talking about uh, with Exodus three fourteen, God saying "I am," uh, it's cool to see that He is who both of these men needed. Yeah, when they needed Him. Yep, and we see that one was provided for—that would be Abraham—and one was comforted, which would be Moses and the entire people of Israel.
1: Yeah, I love that he shows that he's a deliverer. Mm-hmm. Deliverer. <laughs> yeah. Deliverer. Um and he's a deliverer in our lives too. Like just um looking looking at all of the things that he's delivered us from. Um it's so easy to forget those things and move on to the next issue that we're encountering. But it's good to just wait and think about all of the things that he's blessed us with and all the things that we've overcome because of him. Um it's good to think about those things and yeah. remember.
0: And looking back into the second part of that verse, Exodus 3.14, God says, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And I would much rather be the one who is sent than the one who went. When we are sent by God, Mm -hmm. that carries a lot of power. And we can walk in confidence in what we are doing. And there's, there's no place for fear in that. And it's awfully comforting to know that you are your are sent. So to wrap us up, I would like to ask you one more question. Okay. And
1: serious or silly?
0: Well Medium. Not serious. <laughs> serious but but not. Okay. Serious question. Very, very serious. hmm Would you rather have six <laughs> eyes? Or four arms.
1: Oh, sick. Okay. Uh. Well, <laughs> I feel like I have bad vision right now. So would I have to get contacts for all the eyes? Because that's a question. Contacts are expensive. So I, probably not.
0: <laughs> I would say that your extra eyes would be the same... yeah
1: they're messed up yeah
0: yeah they'd be the same as your yeah or glasses can
1: you imagine putting glasses for a six-eyed thing
0: (laughs) you'd probably have to have them custom made if your eyes were in any special places
1: yeah i'm gonna go with the arms because i can pet my dog while i'm typing on the computer and you know do the laundry (laughs) and i don't like doing laundry (laughs) So I'll make the arm that I don't really care about do the laundry.
0: There you go. So what about you? You heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? I would make the same choice, but, well, I guess it's for similar reasons. Yeah, just so I can multitask (laughs) better. Yeah. More arms means you can do more things at once. Very true. Yep.
1: You'll be a handy guy. (laughs) Boy, I
0: hope so, because I'm not right now. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed it and we will catch you on the next one.
1: Bye guys.